Mike's Daily Podcast. We're at Cafe Anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley tonight. Mike's Daily Podcast. The last place on earth. It's Mike Matthews. And how are yous today? It's kind of hot, but not as bad as yesterday. Hey! What? What FFF episode is this? How about 200,000? Wait, 2645. It's. 2,645. Mike's Daily Podcast. The last show was called Espouse. I don't know. Do you have an espouse? Mike's. Or an espresso? Daily. Or a... Podcast. Podcast? Probably you do. Yeah. Because everybody on planet Earth has a podcast now. It seems. That's okay. That's good. The more the merrier, I always say. So you're looking at the calendar today and it's not, maybe it's not the 23rd of July, but it is the 23rd of July for me. And you know what it is? It is gorgeous grandma day. That's right. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. I don't have any grandmas anymore, but they were both gorgeous. National Parents Day is today. A salute to you parents who take your kids to the pool to get a little bit more comfortable in this hot weather during the summertime. And they're running around, running around, and oops, somebody steps on a bee. Mom! Happy National Parents Day. It's also National Vanilla Ice Cream Day, which I think every day is National Vanilla Ice Cream Day. I don't understand why they say that. Oh, but if you're listening to this on the 24th, it is National Drive-Thru Day. And that makes sense because people are staying in their cars that are air-conditioned, hopefully, and they're picking up fast food. Here's today's podcast picture. Awful, horrible fast food. Hey, the podcast picture, I'll tell you in a moment. I think, yeah, I'll tell you right now, actually. It's from Benicia when I was there. Let's see. It was a week ago this past Thursday. Not that you need to know the specific date, but it was fun. And it was hot, but not that hot. And the lady that says Mike's Daily Podcast is my cousin Anki. That Basil the Boxer met Anki. Walked. She got to walk on. Wait. Anki got to walk Basil, the late great Basil the Boxer, years ago. Anyway, it's National Cousins Day today, so happy National Cousins Day. And a a, a lady who is quite important to the Oakland area, believe it or not, the Oakland airport in specific, because she actually flew out of there a couple times. It's National Amelia Earhart Day. Disappeared after some bizarre circumstances. In fact, there is a museum, not a museum, well, there is a museum in Oakland. There is an aviation museum. I think it actually has a section about her. And there is also a restaurant called Amelia's that's at this hotel. And I've eaten there. And the service was odd. So this is a, this is a plug and a slug. The service was really weird. The lady was about my age, our food server, and just it's a little just, 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 just. So, guess what has fizzled out? Now, I told you in the last podcast about peak P 
Pete's Wicked Ale. Perhaps you remember it. It ended in 2011. You know what else has ended? The hard seltzer boom. It has fizzled out. But Boston Beer's Twisted Tea might be a summer hit. Chipotle introduced guacamole... They didn't introduce guacamole, but they introduced a guacamole prep robot called Autocado. Hello, I am Autocado. What can I make for you today? I would like to say something in Spanish for you. Hola. Today it takes roughly 50 minutes to make a batch of Chipotle's guacamole and the Autocado could cut the prep time in half. The restaurant industry has been struggling with a shrinking workforce and rising labor costs. I've been telling you all about the 4% charge that a lot of restaurants in the Bay Area are doing now. Guess who didn't do that to me today? The wonderful folks at Taqueria Lamon in, I think, or maybe they call it Taqueria Lamon Extra now. I don't know, but I got a breakfast burrito from there today because I had to produce a show, a live show. There were two live shows I did by the same guy. He does them on two separate stations. His name is Ed Lewis. He loves it when I put sound effects on his show. And I had a little time. I had an hour in between his two shows, so I ran out and got a breakfast burrito. So that was very nice. What was not nice was having to get up early on a Sunday and driving all the way to Fremont to do this, even though I'll gladly do it for Ed Lewis. But still, it was because somebody called in sick at the last minute. And if you're keeping, if you're keeping track, Mike has had in the past week three Three employees call sick on him. Two of them just out of the blue. It was an emergency situation just out of the blue. Although both of their excuses seem somewhat suspect. But who am I to say? But I guess every manager is going to deal with the excuses with a, you know, a healthy heft of skepticism. But dang, I, I'm sure. They're both like on a cruise ship together Probably Enjoying themselves And then there was another guy He gave me He didn't give me a week notice But like Four days Three and a half And we had to scramble to Have his shift covered And In two of the instances I had to cover Them So Yes The fun of being a manager And you know what else is fun? Sarracha Hui Fong's famous sriracha sauce shortage enters its second year. Resellers on eBay are hawking sriracha for 80 bucks for a single container. And apparently the shortage is because of a bad crop of chili peppers. I got all this information from Rob Black because somebody called in sick. Although I told Rob it was because I happily volunteered to do a show, but... And I always jump at the chance to do a show But the Rob Black Show is a podcast that I help produce He does his show weekday mornings On a radio station in the Bay Area And I helped produce that uh, You know, do all the sound effects And 
do all that fun stuff, make sure it went out live over the air on Friday. So I've been busy. Did a live radio show Sunday, today, and we're outside a cafe anyway. Somewhere in Podcast Valleyton, the last place on earth. Life So you remember that thing that people used to do where they'd buy a home they weren't exactly happy with? But it was a starter home. I need to get a starter home. And I have heard Rob Black say this, and I agree with him on this. May not be the best idea to get a home. There's all this pressure on you to get a house. But maybe think twice about it. Because it's, oh, think twice. It's another day for you and me in paradise. No, think about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. You are going to... You enter this world when you buy a house. Sure, you've got this asset that can supply you with some freedom in the financial world, but you also are tied to it. You are the one responsible. You're the one on the hook. If something breaks down in your apartment, your landlord has to fix it. A lot of people hate landlords. I talked to somebody today who's, or wasn't today, but let's pretend it was today. I talked to someone today who I mentioned the word landlord and he shuddered, he shrugged, he he's scared, he winced. I said, "What's wrong?" He goes, "I hate I hate landlords." I go, "Well, someday you're going to buy a house and you might want to rent it out and you're going to be a landlord." "No, I don't ever want to be a landlord." "Okay. You just closed a very nice door of opportunity to yourself. I never thought I would be a landlord. I am now a landlord, but I've been a landlord for over 10 years. Do I enlist the help and the skills of professionals in being a landlord? Oh, heck yes. It ain't easy. Don't fool yourself into thinking it's easy. I know this one guy. He's about my age. He bought a house. He's the landlord. He takes care of a bulk of everything. The property manager takes care of some stuff. But he goes up to the place where his house is And he has to physically be there I can't physically be where the house is Because it's so far away I have to take a plane to get there But still I have a very fair landlord My tenant needed something fixed I fixed it right away for them They actually wrote back and thanked me And I think that's the type of landlord you need to be You need to, you need to show responsibility I had a landlord for 11 years when I lived in Ventura who was somewhat helpful, nice guy. I got into long discussions with him. He liked the fact that I worked in radio, especially country radio. He liked country music. But stuff would break down and he would take days to come over and fix it. Water heater would be out. I'd be taking cold showers for a couple days. The toilet would back up. He'd, I'd have to deal with, I don't know, going in the bushes for a couple of days. It was horrible. So you need that to, If you're a landlord Please, please, please Be a responsible landlord Show responsibility Do what you need to do Remember there's someone living in your home And they'll be respectful to your home If you're respectful to them Now I did have a bad property manager for a while And this property manager did not let me know About certain things that were going wrong at my house That I should have been able to come in and Fix I didn't know I didn't have that knowledge So Starter homes Sometimes lead to rentals 
because people move on from the starter home, but they want to hold on to it. Maybe they can't sell it for what they bought it for. And then they go and they buy another house and if they have the money. For millennial and Gen Z home buyers, purchasing a starter home may be a thing of the past. The starter home is usually the first home a person or family is able to purchase. It tends to be a two bedroom, one bath, 750 to 1200 square foot home where the homeowner only lives in for about three to seven years as they save up for their forever home. The typical starter home costs about 179407 nationwide. Let's round that up. $180,000 nationwide. Nearly 40% of Americans between the ages of 25 and 44 who bought homes last year plan to stay in them now not for three to seven years, but for 16 years or more. Only about 11% of homes sold this year were priced below 300,000. This is similar to used cars. Used cars are so expensive these days. And that's a whole other kettle of fish that I like to sing. Kettle of fish, kettle of fish, that's a whole other kettle of fish. That was a good song, wasn't it? First of all, I just want to just um, thank everyone for joining us here on this show. This is great. That's right. Thank you for joining us. Those who were able to purchase homes last year likely locked in a low mortgage rate. But the average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage is about 6.81% now. Currently, two-thirds of all home buyers have mortgage rates at or below 4%. Ah, so there... That's where it's hovering. The mortgage rates were much lower, of course, for a number of years. As we came out of the last economic downturn and interest rates held for quite a while. And I believe Trump slammed his fist on the table and stomped his foot and said, don't raise the interest rates. Or did he say, wait, did he? Or did he say raise interest rates? I'm feeling like he said don't. But some, now I don't think I've got to look it up That's a problem Some stuff In the back of my brain I'm trying to Let's see what me, I'm focusing now Focusing, focusing Amazon Amazon's first Prime Day took place in 2015 It felt like Black Friday In July And for five years Growth of the event's 48 hour period Swelled sumptuously Right? Uh, Alibaba does the something on Singles Day, which is November 1st, because it's 111. So those are all ones, so they're singles. So they call it Singles Day, I guess. Prime Day in 2020 marked 30% growth over the previous year. However, growth has slowed since 2020. Amazon's Prime Day is growing increasingly irrelevant as every store seems to offer summertime deals. Now they make most of their money from cloud computing. And that is, I think, where my website, Mike's Daily Podcast, sits on. Amazon teamed up with Priceline on Prime deals for discounted hotel rooms this year. Americans are choosing experiences over material splurges. Like air fryers. This is interesting. Wow, this is interesting. When people buy an air fryer, they rave about it for a little while, and then I, then I hear, then it just gets put to, it gets thrown in the garage. 
air fryers. They, they, they're all the rage for half a second. And then I don't know if people get sick of the taste or what. They miss the oil. I don't know. So that's all I wanted to share with you outside of cafe. Anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley, the last place on earth. We have a wonderful segment we're going to bring to you. We bring it to you every once in a while called the Mike Matthews New Tunes Feud. This is where a couple of songs fight, fight it out. They fight. And we'll see who wins. Well, actually, we probably won't see who wins because nobody ever calls in to tell me which one they like best or email me. But if you would like to call me, 510-228-4640. And if you'd like to email me, mikesillypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just comment below wherever you are seeing this. I think Apple allows you to comment. I don't think Google Podcast lets you comment. But this is on a bunch of other platforms, including Stitcher. But Stitcher is going to be going very soon. Yes, it will only be around for about a month more. It ends at the end of August. I got the chance that now you go, oh, Stitcher, what the heck is that? Well, in the early days of podcasting, now podcasting's been around for a a little while, let's just say. I, I don't know if it's 20 years old. Rob Black, who I mentioned earlier, he tells me that he had one of the first podcasts Back in the day, he was with CNET, and he did a recorded show, an audio show. Podcasts have to be audio. If you think you're a podcast and you have like a video show, no, you're not. You're a TV show. You're a video show. You're a vlog, but you ain't a podcast. Defend that adamantly. But the audio was saved on the website for CNET, and people could listen to it on the CNET website. Awesome. Which classified it technically as a podcast and people would have to listen through their computers or they could download it to their iPod and listen to it later. But that's now, you know, anyone can podcast now. All the podcast platforms want you to podcast so they have more content so that more t- they get more clicks so they can have more ads and make more money. And this podcast has been around, by the way, I think since 2009. That's right. 2009. So, in the early days, about 2011, I discovered Stitcher. I heard an ad, I think it was on NPR, saying, hey, try Stitcher. The Stitcher app. It lets you listen to podcasts. And so I said, is my podcast on there? No. What do I need to do? Okay. I did what I needed to do and voila, my podcast was on there. And then one day I got an email from them. So I emailed, it was just telling me, you know, hey, how do you like your account? So I emailed them back and somebody responded. And I said, hey, I see the address for your location, for your headquarters is on Market Street in San Francisco. Can I come visit? And they said, sure, Mike, whenever you want. Wow, you do a daily podcast. That takes a lot of dedication. Yes, I always get that. So I showed up. They gave me a little tour. They actually had a little studio in there. That if you wanted to, you could do your podcast there. They welcomed everybody at the time. They gave me a t-shirt, which I still have. They gave me two bumper stickers, which I 
have stuck to my desk at home. Fair and unbalanced. Oh, Mike. You're such a creative soul. <laughs> All right. But that was very nice. They then invited me. Hey, we're going to do every once in a while we do a thing where we try and get all the local podcasters to show up. We have pizza and we talk about podcasting. And I went to that. I came to the city one day on BART. I never drive to the city. I always take BART. And I get there and there are all these podcasters. There were a couple guys there. Hey, I'm thinking about podcasting. I have never done it. So I talked to them. Fascinating. I always love talking to podcasters. And then they had a little talk. None of the podcasts stick in my mind, but I do remember there was one lady named Lena Masitsis. And she had been producing a sh- podcast that's now gone called Decoding DC. And the host of that show used to host NPR's, what do they call that weekend show? All Things Considered Weekends. But she did Sundays. And I remember the lady's voice, not Lena's. Lena didn't talk. She just produced the podcast. Now, Lena has gone on to do some stories for This American Life. She has a really funny Twitter feed that I still read. Every tweet she posts is pretty funny. It's also, like, a little crass. (laughs) She likes to be crass. And I posted a picture. I got a picture with her. And I posted it on Facebook. On my Facebook feed. And I think that picture has the most views, the most likes I've ever seen. She knows a lot of people. So all these comments. And I don't know what it was if I looked dorky or she looked like she wasn't happy getting a picture with me. I don't know what it was, but that was a fun evening. And the pizza was free. That was delicious. So I got a lot of pictures there. I should post a picture from there sometime. I think I will on the last day that Stitcher exists, which is at the end of next month. So you can find us all over the place and to find the places to catch this podcast and maybe to give you an idea if you would like to start a podcast where you you can post your podcast. There's all these great places that I have found. And I have them all at my website, mikesdailypodcast.com. But look who has found me outside here. Hi, Mark. It's Benita the Rodeo Queen. Hey, guys. And to this ground field player, tell you what. What? I still don't fully understand what a podcast is. Tell you what. What? What is it? What's well, this? You're on one now. You've been on this podcast from the beginning, so I'm sure you would have figured it out by now. Okay, is it like when I go on YouTube and I watch someone's video, is that a podcast? No, that that is a video, a YouTube video by a YouTuber. It's only YouTube. And see, if YouTube decides, hey, this video is somehow violating our rules, we're going to kill it. We're going to deplatform this person. We're going to stop this channel. Well, then that person has no other means of disseminating their material, their content. Which reminds me, that's why I like podcasting so much Because there are so many places you can put your podcast You don't have to just relegate yourself to YouTube 
The creator economy was already exploding Then Hollywood went on strike Says the Washington Post The historic double strike That's paralyzing Hollywood Could supercharge the creator economy The wildly popular market Of online influencers and video makers Who increasingly Rival industry titans For money, attention and cultural power The last time we had this double whammy As we found out on the last podcast Was in 1960 And what did TV do? They, they needed content They didn't call it content then It's so belittling to call it content But they needed something to fill up the airtime, So they showed movies Because they didn't have any TV shows Now the fast growing cast of Amateur and professional creators Chefs, comedians, models, musicians Many others Already attracts tens of millions of fans On platforms like YouTube, TikTok Ugh Hate TikTok Without the resources or support Of more established mass media Now as American film and TV Production grinds to a halt Possibly for more months Many more months They stand at the center of a major shift That could change entertainment And further blur the lines Between traditional and digital fame However Meanwhile in the movie theater You've got Barbie doing super well And Oppenheimer Which by the way Christopher Nolan He was influenced By a particular song By Sting And even when I first heard About the movie Oppenheimer I remember singing to myself Oh yeah there's that line in that Sting song Off of Dream of the Blue Turtles The fourth single off of that The first one being uh, It set them free The second one being If I build this fortress around your heart Fortress around your heart I think is what it is The third one being Love is the seventh wave And the fourth song he released Which did okay But apparently Christopher Nolan heard it When he was like 13 years old The Russians But that song very fitting now But it was popular then in 1984-85 And that was right there during the Cold War And Christopher Nolan said he heard that song And in it there's the line How can I save my little boy From Oppenheimer's deadly toy There is no historical precedent To put the words in the mouth of the president Mr. Khrushchev says he will bury you I don't subscribe to this point of view Believe me when I say to you I hope the Russians love their children too Love that song I think I put the words out of order But there it mentioned Oppenheimer And that is what inspired Christopher Nolan That song He started thinking about Oppenheimer And how he risked the world with creating the bomb And risked everyone's lives And his children's lives And does hopes the Russians love the children too And all that stuff So I found that out I had always had my suspicion That that song had something to do with the making of that movie And as I mentioned In a previous podcast There was the John Cusack movie Years ago With Laura Dern That was called I think Fat Boy and Little Man And that Included the story of Oppenheimer And had Paul Newman in it So grab your salad dressing And enjoy your movie 
That's really depressing. So, studios and producers are scrambling to recruit creators to help fill a content void, stoking tensions over scab work and changing styles of storytelling. But striking actors and writers are increasingly less reliant on Hollywood too. Experimenting with new ideas On Instagram, YouTube, TikTok And Twitch in ways That could net them lasting followings If not steady paychecks That go beyond traditional industry success Like if you get offended That's the way the cookie crumbles The last Hollywood strike Radically reshaped the media landscape By fueling the rise of unscripted content Like documentary series And reality TV shows That were cheaper to make And easier to mass produce Like uh, the Celebrity Apprentice in 2008 uh, uh, The ongoing walkout Tens of thousands of actors and writers Hollywood's first double strike in 63 years Could have similarly Sweeping ripple effects By potentially eroding Hollywood's institutional advantages And elevating a new generation of stars Creators once saw online virality viral, Virality Largely as a way to break into established TV or movie gigs But some now make so much money selling sponsored content, merchandise, or monthly subscriptions That traditional entertainment, with its uncertain paychecks and relevance, can seem like less of a draw That, and it is, so that is interesting This is all going to, streaming service, everything's going to change Streaming services now beat out cable and broadcast TV for U.S. viewership and accounts for more than 30%, actually 37% of all TV use nationwide. But the biggest streamer last month wasn't Netflix or Hulu, the data found. It was YouTube. More than 75% of American teenagers said to Pew Research Center last year that they watch the Google-owned video app every day. And beyond Americans' media consumption, YouTube and other platforms have lowered the barrier of entry for people wanting to make content themselves from TikTok's free video editing tools. So you can do it yourself. YouTube's got the same thing. To Twitch's frenetic live streams, that creative competition has led to viral hits and marketing deals turning what once was an online hobby into, for the lucky few, a million-dollar revenue stream. And that needs to be underlined A lucky few It's still gonna be tough You just have to have it That certain something I guess that's been true forever You know who has a certain something? Mike Pence I don't know what that something is Uh A contradiction He said that you know He's different from Trump But then he supports Trump Wrong It's weird But he He's And he's dealing with that Because you'd be in jail Conflict Within It seems And he unleashed it On CNN host Dana Bash This morning Yeah (laughs) After she reminded him That supporters of Donald Trump Erected a gallows And wanted to hang him During that January 6th insurrection Wine Well I like The whiny white man Wineless Pence, who's running against his former boss, once again attempted to make the case that he doesn't think the former president should be charged for inciting the riot. <laughs> what? We love you, Mike. <laughs> that put his life and the lives of lawmakers from both sides of the aisle in danger. <laughs> what? I just did a total Lewis Black just then. <laughs> After stating that he thinks Trump didn't commit any crimes worthy of prosecution, 
Bash brought up the rioters who chanted Hang Mike Pence And Mike Pence interrupted her In that soft, angry Seething hate inside of him of women To Wait, did I say that? That's just, an, you know An observation uh, Pence It's, you know, everything's subjective So he <laughs> Which caused him to interrupt her And accuse her of trying to smear the movement that is pretty remarkable that you're not concerned about it Given the fact they wanted to hang you on January 6th Ash told the former VP I want to move on to the issues that you were talking about Well Dana, now wait a minute The normally mild-mannered Pence interjected I want to say There has been an effort to take those that perpetrated violence on January 6th And use a broad brush to describe everyone in our movement No, I didn't mean to do that The CNN host Protested It's not the case He persisted The people in our movement The people who rallied Behind our cause In 2016 and 2020 Are the most God-fearing Law-abiding Patriotic people In the country And I just I won't stand For this kind of Generalizations That they have no basis In fact Wait 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 What So just because You're calling A duck a duck And saying That that the people that showed up January 6th and stormed the Capitol just because when if I say that if I state a fact and say that those people should not have stormed the Capitol come on they were breaking every kind of law if I had done that I I would deserve to be thrown in jail but no 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 that you can't do that because they're God fearing they're law abiding patriotic people so we, we should just let that pass Oh if the shoe was on the other foot Oh if these were all people That were supporting Obama Notice I'm not saying Biden But if they were people that Because I don't think I don't think that the people would Be like that that were supporting Biden But Obama people got you know A little passionate In the early days It was like this guy's got to become president It was a big movement I remember there was an excitement and let's say they stormed the Capitol for some reason. Every Republican on the planet would be screaming, No! They all need to go to jail. But I think Mike Pence lacks the imagination to see that fact. Outside a cafe anyway. Who else did I miss? Oh, this guy. Hello, Mike. I made the delicious root beer. Have some right now. Oh, this is delicious. Mm. Oh, it cooled me down. That's good because I was getting all mad because Mike Pence is trying to eat his cake and have it too. And come on, you can't. And you're going to lose, Mike. You're going to lose because you... Well, I want every Mike to win. I'm kind of that way, partial to Mike's. But here's the thing as I talk into a microphone. You are too uh, conflicted. You got to stand for something. But apparently you've, you've got no backbone on the issue that you need to make a stand on. Your life was threatened and you don't take a stand. Ah, there was something hideously wrong that day and you're, you're not taking the stand where you obviously did. That day, I don't get it. And it won't be solved here on this podcast. So let's go on our merry way. Kick it right now, kick you. Mike Pence, I mean, brewmaster, okay. Mmm. So good. MTV News. You hear it first. 
These songs were sent to me, Mike's Daily Podcast at gmail.com. And look, this one is a little bit timely. This one fits the current situation going on in the world where everyone's going crazy over Barbie. Hi, Mike. Hey, Mike. It says, actually not hi, it says, hey. We're Royal Castles, a contemporary garage rock band from Guelph, Ontario. As a band, we've really hit our strive. We've put out three albums now, which is why we wanted to mix it up and keep things fresh. Our drummer took the lead on the songwriting, direction, and vocals. Listen to Bad Business Barbie. That's the name of the song from their upcoming EP, Singles Night. Okay, here's Royal Castles and Bad Business Barbie. Right I have to stop it there or I'll get dinged by YouTube. And they'll deplatform me, which I don't really care because you know what? I am on all these platforms that I mentioned that you can find at mikesdailypodcast.com. Royal Castle's Bad Business Barbie. The second song is by Amara. Hi, Mike. Still is a lush, ethereal pop song that attempts to dispill, distill my experiences of love into metaphor. Love is a decision. Love is a risk. Love author's story and marks time. And beyond the loss of love, or rather the shift of its shape, one might look back to see if that love still exists as remembered and is available to be visited once again, even if only as an idea. It's one of my favorites on my debut LP, Child of Venus. This song is called Still by Amara. She's got two A's in the middle of her name. That's Amara. And the song still. Song number three is by Gene. Dear Mike, I wrote Just Shadows just thinking how the darker parts of everything can snuff out some of the people's best of the best people's light. It's about trying to get out from under it so we don't just become casualties of our blankest days. Blank. Beep. Of our beep days. I lost all my demo projects for this upcoming album in a massive computer failure last year, so my longtime co-producer, Ian Blurton, suggested we just go in and jam the songs in a bunch of top to bottom and re-demo them before we started tracking for real. We had never done that in that way for the previous albums. I always just worked off my home demos as opposed to rehashing the songs prior with the full band. Anyway, it was super fun to go a little deeper on these songs at that early stage. And here is a song that's called Just Shadows. It is by Gene. That's J-E-E-N. All right, it's called Just Shadows, and that's by Gene. 
and I tried to stop it in time so I don't get dinged by YouTube. I don't know if that always works. Sometimes YouTube still dings me. And one day I'll be deplatformed, but I don't care. And then song number four is over here. It's by Lost Cousins. Hey, hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. Our ethereal and nostalgic new single, Dreamer, draws inspiration from all the past and present band members of Lost Cousins. Its lyrics revolve around the concept of dreamers. Hey, a recent podcast I had, I named Dream. Referring to individuals who invest their entire sense of self-worth in creative and ambitious projects. Being musicians, our way of life often appears unique and distinct from an outsider's uh, perspective. We reflect on the realization that many dreamers tend to suppress their creativity as they become aware of the challenges involving involved in showcasing it. Here is the song that is called Dreamer by Lost Cousins. Nice. And finally, song number five. It's Alex Richtenauer. Richtenauer. Oh, okay. A master of playful sonic whimsy, electronic pioneer Mort Garson spent a lifetime quietly pushing the boundaries of synthesis. The latest track to his name, Zoos of the World, is a Baroque and is Baroque and unpredictable, centered on warm keyboard patches that come together to replicate the tonalities of a retro-futuristic orchestra. The springy cut was taken from a 1970 National Geographic special. The track follows Moon Journey, the soundtrack to the live broadcast of the 1969 Apollo 11 moon landing, as first heard on CBS News. Nearly in tandem with the release date will mark Mark... Garrison's 99th birthday. He's still around and the anniversary of the moon landing. And his, so this is an actually Alan Richter and Andy Wilson. Oh, that's who sent it to me. It's Mort Garson. And here is a little bit of the song Zoos of the World and Mort is 99. How wonderfully retro. Did you like that one? Which one did you like best? Oh, please give me a call at 510-228-4640. And with more ways to reach me, it is Ariel. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now. Mike's Daily Podcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.